Well, it is a super kind of day, right? Aww. There's a little game on tonight, and um, some of us will be watching, and some of us will be saying those teams shouldn't be there, and others will just be watching for the commercials, like me. Um, Tonight, 30 seconds will yield networks millions and billions of dollars. 30 seconds. That is just utterly outrageous. What are your 30 seconds worth? I mean, apparently it's, it's worth a lot for people to get your attention. And so the power of a commercial really um, stuck out to me as I had um, been watching the playoffs and, and watching the teams come down. And so um, I started to think about how that might impact us day to day. And then it kind of stood out to me that we're walking advertisements for faith. We're walking advertisements for Christianity and for Christ. Matthew 5 tells us that you are the light of the world. A city on a hill will not be, sit, be hidden. You don't take a light and put it out and then put something over it to hide it. You turn on the light so the light can be seen. 2 Corinthians 3 tells us that we are living epistles. We are walking Bibles. There's a saying that I've heard since I was a little kid, and that was that your life may be the only Bible anyone ever reads. That's a pretty powerful impact that you have. What could 30 seconds of your time do for someone else? I mean, 30 seconds of a... Super Bowl ad can stick with you for years, like the commercial that, um, that is about the, the cowboys that are out there herding cats, and they're, telling, they're really advertising they can get your data pulled together because they bring every short hair in. You know, those things stick with us. So what do we have that we can do in 30 seconds? Madison Avenue in New York specializes in advertising. And there's a couple of things that they tell us have to happen for a commercial to be effective. First of all, it has to be convincing to consumers. The testimonials have to be there. Has anybody ever seen um, Mike Lindell with My Pillow? Yeah, okay. Well, if you haven't, just Google Mike Lindell with My Pillow. You are not going to see a commercial that says, I can't sleep on this thing. You see all kinds of people who have said, you know what, this pillow is great. I sleep better than I ever have. And not only that, he gives a warranty on it. If you don't like it for any reason, if it quits working for you, send it back. We'll give you a new one. When we complain, what does that tell people? When we go around with our heads droopy and our attitudes down or sour or something like that, People may look at us and say, you know, that person's supposed to be a Christian, but if that's what God does for them, I'm not so sure I'm buying into that. Philippians 4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord when? Always. That's right. He says it again. Again, I say rejoice. When people see us happy, especially when things are tough, when people see us upbeat and optimistic because we know who holds the future, they start looking and going, what do you have that I don't? Tell me about the God who can give you this security because I need to know him.
Another thing that Madison Avenue tells us is that commercials should be credible, reliable, and simple. Advertisers try to demonstrate again and again that their product is a good deal. It's valuable. If you just paint this stuff on your screen door, you can float down a river because it's not going to leak. Then they offer money-back guarantees and lifetime warranties like with MyPillow so that if you buy that product, you're not going to have any regrets. In James 2, we are told, show me your faith with your life. By what you do, show me your faith. 1 John 3 and James 3 tell us that if we walk around and we say, God bless you when we see a cold person and we say, be warm. Or if we see a hungry person, we say, God bless you. I'm praying that you find food to eat. But we walk away. There's not a lot of credibility. I mean, yeah, we're praying for them. And that might make them feel somewhat secure, but it's not going to make them feel warm, and it's not going to put food in their belly. There's a, a, a great... Does anybody in here work for UPS? Okay, good. I can tell this. Um, there's a great Super Bowl commercial from a few years back, and the, the commercials are going, and all of a sudden, there's just a blank screen. And... We're sitting there, and we're watching. And it says, we paid $5 million for this 30-second slot, and the commercial was delivered by UPS. It's on the doorstep of the office somewhere. Try FedEx. Simple. People were like, oh, wait a minute. Now, I'm not knocking UPS. I'm just telling you about the commercial. Um, but it stuck with people. They started thinking, okay, wait a minute. You know, I want the company that's going to deliver. I want the company that's going to be there. I have a, a, a Presbyterian minister friend um, who, who his benediction is always preach the gospel. If you have to, use words. It's a pretty good challenge for us to remember that the gospel is love. It's simple. It's credible, it's reliable, we can testify to its goodness. Another thing Madison Avenue tells us, and this is especially true on Super Bowl Sunday night, is to be creative, to stand out, to be different, to be funny, to offer some light and some joy. As Christians, our lives do not have to be boring and mundane. We don't have to be, it doesn't have to be safe and humorless. We all like to laugh, we all like to get out, we all like to pursue an adventure, and take a risk. So it's okay to let the world see us try new things, especially stepping out in faith when God calls you to something. It's okay to laugh at yourself and the world and to realize that, yeah, God really does have a sense of humor. I think he gave us laughter for a reason. And it's not always about taking the way that the world takes. If we think about the Apostle Paul's life, as he talks in different portions of Scripture, we hear this over and over again. In Acts 20, one of the things that he says, or that we hear of his story, is that he only knows there will be challenges ahead. And he often opted for the most difficult road. He could have taken some easy roads, but he didn't. He put himself out there. He took the risk. He knew that witnessing for Christ was worth it. In Numbers 13, Joshua and Caleb were two of 12 spies who were sent to go into the promised land to see what that 
see what was there. They were the only ones who were willing to go. And they went and they came back and they reported, and then they were the ones who were allowed to go on to the promised land, not the others. In Esther 4, Esther was encouraged to take a risk. You see, she couldn't go before the king, her husband. She couldn't go before him without an invitation. But she took a risk and she went before the king to say, these are my people, and I believe they're worth saving, and they are God's people. And she took a risk, and she set an example for many of us who stand up to things in this world that we have a hard time seeing and saying, God is not in line with this. These are folks who are in need of saving. Now, in English Lit, we, we learn some things that stick with us. And Robert Frost may or may not be somebody you've studied, but he did write a poem that has stuck with many of us over time, and I'm going to read it to you now. It's a challenge for us as we take our 30 seconds to witness to the faith that God has given us and the goodness of God. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then I took the other, just as fair, and having, having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and it wanted wear, though as for that passing there, it had worn about really the same. Both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I would ever come back. I'll be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Those who know it, say it with me. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that's made all the difference. When we accept Christ, when we step out in faith and witness, to the goodness of Christ, we step out and we claim, we testify to his goodness. We testify to the fact that you are not going to have a regret for following Jesus Christ. We offer a credible, simple, and reliable message that God is love, that we are all sinners who stand in need of grace, and we have the opportunity to live the life that God has called each of us to, and each of those lives are different. They're creative. They're unique. There's not but one you. So testify to your life and what God has done for you. Don't be afraid to take that other road. So tonight, when you watch the big game, and you watch for the commercials, right? You're with me. Remember that you and I, too, are commercials. Pay attention to how they take something and present it in a way that's different, in a way that's unique, in a way that sticks. Because you truly may be the only Bible somebody ever reads. And I challenge you to preach the gospel. And if you have to, use words. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to walk together um, over to the front of the, the sanctuary to the Greenville Street entrance and go in there. They've got some reserved seating for us in there so that we don't have to fight for a seat or anything like that. Um, We'll let the ushers know that we're on the way over. And as we do, I'm going to ask you to be praying 
for our church, for the United Methodist Church globally, that we would um, preach the gospel of love, that in all ways we would recognize um, that God, God lays out for us the life that we are to live in Scripture, and he gives us um, instructions, and he gives us many, many words to live by. But he also tells us to love each other as he loves us. And so we want to pray that our church will do that. Father, I ask your blessing on the presentation that Charles will make on our lunch today as we explore the challenges ahead for the United Methodist Church, that you would allow us to be people who are eager to testify just as eager as the ad executives are to put their ads out there, to testify in a way that will be memorable so that someone will remember what was said in a simple way that might draw them to you. Make us effective witnesses of your grace. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.